It's the middle of the afternoon on March 31st, 2011, Major League Baseball's opening day, and I have bets riding on four baseball games being played simultaneously. It's a Thursday, so the stock market is open, but I have no idea what the S&P 500 is doing. What I do know is that the Cincinnati Reds just scored four runs in the bottom of the ninth inning, making my first bet of the season a winner. This sets off a flurry of incoming texts and emails and causes me to wheel about with joy. Opening day marks the culmination of a month of writing baseball-related essays for my friends, but contrary to the stereotype of the statistics-obsessed, stay-at-home male baseball blogger, I am neither clad in my boxers nor sitting in my mother's basement. In fact, when the year began, I occupied a seat on a Wall Street trading desk, just as I had for the previous 14 years. I had signed a lucrative contract in the past year to trade technology stocks for a multi-billion dollar Japanese investment bank. While not a basement-dwelling blogger, neither am I the consummate Wall Street trading, carefree Manhattan bachelor. I have a wonderful family. Eight years prior, I married a beautiful California girl and moved to San Francisco, where we chased our two tutu-clad daughters around a house overlooking the Pacific Ocean and the Golden Gate Bridge. So why am I sitting in a wheelchair 2,500 miles away, alone in a New York City apartment, unemployed, and risking not only my money, but my friends as well? Born in 1965, I grew up a sports-crazed child, like so many post-baby boomer boys. I devoured every word of the Philadelphia Inquirer sports section, collected baseball cards, treated the arrival of a new issue of Sports Illustrated like a weekly holiday, and played hours and hours of APA baseball and Stratomatic basketball simulation games, all of which eventually led my brain to become stuffed with random facts and trivia. In some of those stories from Sports Illustrated, Inside Sports, and Baseball Digest, a fact referred to in passing often came to mean as much or more to me than the article's overall theme. I know I'm not alone. Gather a dozen or so 40-something guys and throw phrases at them like, Todd Marinovich never had a Big Mac, or Wade Boggs ate chicken before every game, or Sid Finch could have joined the New York Philharmonic, and if they are sports-obsessed, they will know what you're talking about and can identify the complete story. Footnote. In order, the primary theme of each story was actually Marv Marinovich raised his son from birth with the sole purpose of developing an NFL quarterback. Wade Boggs may have been one of the best hitters of his era, but he also had some strange habits. See also Adams, Margot. Finally, Sid Finch a multi-talented Renaissance man, was the most promising pitching prospect ever to report to a major league spring training camp. Opinion on the 1985 Sports Illustrated story, The Curious Case of Sid Finch, is split into two camps. Most consider it a George Plimpton masterpiece, but Mets fans rue it as a horrible hoax. Here's another. Manny Sanguien couldn't find his car keys. Whenever I hear the name Roberto Clemente, the first thing I think is, Manny Sanguien couldn't find his car keys. Footnote. 
Actually, another image, regrettably, also comes to mind when I hear the name Roberto Clemente. During college, my roommate Mike confided in me that when he needed to delay orgasm, he'd think about Roberto Clemente. Horrified by this overshare, I exacted my revenge by telling people Mike couldn't have an orgasm without thinking about Roberto Clemente. This became a running joke, and we trotted out this comedy routine in bars and at parties. Usually, men laughed and women fled. Once, however, after Mike unveiled his punchline amid peals of drunken laughter, there was one guy who never changed his expression. Mike and I didn't know who he was, and would never find out, and for a moment I was uncomfortable. As the laughter ended, he simply gazed a bit over Mike's head as if deep in thought and asked, Hitting or fielding? I sure hope he's enjoying a career as a sitcom writer somewhere. On December 31, 1972, Roberto Clemente of the Pittsburgh Pirates, one of the greatest right fielders of all time and the first ball player of Latin American descent to be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, boarded a plane in his native Puerto Rico to take relief supplies to victims of a devastating earthquake in Nicaragua. He invited his best friend, Manny Sanguian, the pirate's catcher, to join him. Reportedly, Manny instantly agreed. The plane, later determined to have been a death trap in waiting due to poor maintenance and an excessive payload, crashed shortly after takeoff, killing all aboard. But Manny Sanguian wasn't aboard. He couldn't find his car keys and missed the flight. Forty years later, that's the part of the story I remember. I was only seven years old when Roberto Clemente died, but the Manny Sanguian angle has stuck with me forever.